Order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Brendan, and with my co-host here, Peter. How you doing, Peter? Uh, this is very odd. Oh, what's the matter? Normally, I'm the one that says, welcome. Well, uh, I did it today because I feel like our roles have switched. I find that I'm the more entertaining one, so I've taken over as host. That's what's, what's happening here? You've just usurped power? Uh, yeah, exactly. Is it like a hostile takeover? No, it is not a hostile takeover. I am not actually the host. But I'm going to talk to you about something today that I think is very interesting. As you know, last and very episode... very important. Oh, yeah, very, very important. Oh, my gosh, the most you important. You don't want to miss this. Absolutely not. Last week, we discussed uh, how... we. What did we do last week? We did sports and liability. Yep. Great episode. But in the beginning, we said next week, we're going to... Or we said, since it's October... We have a lot of Halloween-related lawsuits coming up and stories and, you know, episodes. And so I hope you've been excited because this week we're still not talking about it. What are we talking about? <laughs> Non-Halloween-related thing. Oh, well, I guess you could compare I, it to Halloween. I guess you could relate it to Halloween. I think this is slightly relatable to Halloween. Yeah, I'd say now, this is relatable. it's not the big Halloween episodes that no, we're talking about. No, it's not the big That's Halloween coming. episodes. That's right. That's but, right. But, but this is a teaser. Yes. A teaser. It's a very sweet teaser. A small treat, could we say? Not a trick. Because today, that's right. Because today, we are talking about desserts. Because today is International Dessert Day. And I'm really starting to think that these are just made up things. I would never want to be stranded out there. What? Oh, in the. Oh, you're so funny. (laughs) So funny. Well, at least you acknowledge that I'm the funny one. Yeah. Well, uh, we have a lot. Do you like dessert? Oh, of course I like dessert. We, we don't even need to start with this. Of course I like dessert. I just told you last episode about how I'm constantly, you know, at the sports games, up in the stands buying Mrs. Fields cookies. You know, of course I love dessert. My favorite part of my birthday is getting a cake. You know, <laughs> I, I, of course. Yeah. Dessert is great. Uh, is there any dessert that you don't like? Oh, let me think on that. That's a hard Are you one. a cannoli guy? Oh, I love cannoli. You know, I love cake. pecan pie. Pecan pie is amazing, especially with ice cream. Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Look, I we like. just made it a Halloween. Yes, episode. we did. Boom. Uh, um, cookies. Cookie, of course, cookies. I like chocolate. Uh, I like chocolate. I like candy. I like peanut butter M and M's. Those are probably my favorite candy of all time. Uh, yeah, I'm a big dessert guy. Are you mousse? a big dessert guy? Do you like chocolate mousse? I like chocolate mousse. You can't find anything I don't like. Creme brulee. I like creme brulee. Tiramisu. Yep. There are very few foods that I do not like. The only that I can think of off the top of my head are uh, pork rinds and salad. Those are the only two. <laughs> those, are, <laughs> those are the only two types of foods I don't like at all. They're disgusting. Well, at least uh, you balanced yeah. it out. Well, I decided salad. today we talk about candy and dessert-related lawsuits. In yeah. honor of, what did you say it was? Halloween. No. Oh, inter- and. <laughs> In honor of Dessert Day. International Dessert Day. <laughs> That's right, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I have a, a very recent one for you. This is very interesting. Skittles. Do you like Skittles? Yeah, I like Skittles. Wait a minute. Taste the rainbow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you like them, though? Like, out of 10, how would you rate Skittles? All right, because I, I kind of think they're like a six. No, out of 10? Yeah, out of 10. Uh, maybe a five. 
Really? So even lower? Yeah. You know, like I, I like Skittles every once in a while, but right. I wouldn't go and buy Skittles necessarily. I don't, like, I don't like the green ones. I don't like the purple ones. Aren't they like M&M's? Don't they all taste the same? No, they they're, do not taste the same. <laughs> and M&M's don't all taste the same as a bit of a teaser for, a, for an upcoming story here. But let's start with Skittles because a California man uh, in July has sued Mars, the company that makes Skittles. Oh, not the planet? No, no, not not planet Mars, uh, company Mars, claiming that they used titanium dioxide in the candy, but that their specific usage of it makes it unfit for human consumption. Now, I have eaten tubs of Skittles before. I just talked to you about how I don't like them. So if this is true, I would like to have a word with Mars. Uh, the use of the additive is employed as a coloring agent. Uh, and it's not illegal in the United States. The Food and Drug Administration permits its use in most foods, though it restricts it to 1% of a food's weight. All right. So is this higher than 1%? Well, Mars contends that it has done nothing wrong. While we do not comment on pending litigation, our use of titanium dioxide complies with FDA regulations. Hmm. So I don't know. The class action lawsuit uh, seems to claim that the company's failure to warn consumers about the potential dangers of titanium dioxide amounts to a fraud of omission, as well as other violations of California law. Uh, Um. Mars announced in 2016 it planned to remove artificial coloring from its products and then later clarified that titanium dioxide was among the colorants it would phase out. So I guess the interesting part will be to see what percentage of it there actually is. And the lawsuit claims that the defendant has flouted its own promise to consumers. More than six years later, defendant continues to sell the products with titanium dioxide unbeknownst to reasonable customers who purchase the products. Do you think that the titanium dioxide is the cause of Skittles pox in those commercials? (laughs) They were trying to warn us, you think? Here's a serious issue about that's a disgusting commercial, by the way. I hate those commercials. Where they, the kid's like eating Skittles yeah. off of his ugh, body. Ugh, disgusting. I don't like that. Uh, but what do you think about the lawsuit? Well, I think it's interesting, and I think it's important to determine, which obviously, will this will either settle, and then a lot of this will not be uh, disclosed, or you know, you're going to find out. But the question becomes, are they in compliance with the FDA? I mean, that's a bold statement you know, by, by Mars to say, hey, we comply if they don't. So... You know, right, and I think that uh, I, I I wonder would it be each individual skittle that is um, measured in terms of how much, or I is would it imagine overall? Weight. I don't know. I don't know. I would imagine that it's either measured in weight of of a bag, so a bag of skittles has to contain you know X percent or less. But more interesting is the fact that they were phasing this out anyway. So now yeah. I think that that what you'd have to look out for in lawsuits like this is. Are there memos, inner office memos, or things that are part of a file that would be discoverable where you see Mars executives saying, hey, this, you know, titanium dioxide, we're concerned about this, or this mm-hmm. needs to be removed? Um, kind of like a lot of the cigarette law uh, or the cigarette litigation, you know, the Philip Morris litigation, where they looked at inner office memos to determine that people were talking about the fact that they knew that the products contained chemicals and were addictive. Um, so it's very similar to Skittles, which contain <laughs> chemicals and are addictive. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, that's that's where it's gonna, you know, really come out and and, and see what oh what percentage is it. But uh, you know what? If Skittles were taken off the market completely, I can't say I'd be too broken up. Yeah, no, me neither. I don't like them. 
I mean, I, I think that the most Skittles I eat is when somebody goes trick-or-treating and they give you little Skittles packets and nobody likes them. And I, You know what I don't like about Skittles? You know how M&M's melt in your mouth and not yeah. in your hand? Uh, yeah, Skittles if don't melt. If you hold your Skittles in your hand, though. Oh, yeah, that get your hands all dirty. All sticky. Yep, and, and colory. And exactly. Yeah, annoying. Annoying. Super annoying. Well, you know what I don't like M&M's about M&M's? I thought you said that peanut butter M&M's were your yes, favorite. Yes, yes, but you know what I don't like about them? What? That sometimes they taste like crap. I really? Literally. Literal crap. Literally. Because a couple of years ago, a woman from Wilkes Bar alleges she unknowingly ate several moldy M&Ms. You're uh, talking about Wilkes Berry? Maybe. I, I don't <laughs> know where it's be. from. Okay, where? <laughs> wow. Well, okay. <laughs> Left her with a fecal aftertaste. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, shit. Uh, she purchased the M&M's at Wegmans Market, uh, and then she arrived home, put her groceries away, she put M&M's in her mouth, and then she immediately tasted a fecal aftertaste. Now, I actually don't know how feces taste. Yes, how would one that's, know That's my if one it, concern. Yes. But no, I, 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 I get it. Uh, she noticed that the M&M's uh, tasted like candy-coated feces and spit up part of what she had placed in her mouth. She became sickened. She couldn't get the bad aftertaste out. She brushed her teeth several times and rinsed with mouth mouthwash, but she couldn't get rid of it. She contacted Wegmans to alert them of the candies as she did not want other customers to have a similar experience. Her husband contacted Mars. Mars, <laughs> the suit alleges, Mars emailed them a $5 coupon for M&M's and neglected to request the specific package. Crap, crap have, free though, right? Yeah, well, hopefully. Uh, Sweeney, at her own expense, had the M&M's analyzed at a laboratory in Old Bridge, New Jersey. Uh, the laboratory results showed that the M&M's contained mold identified as syncophilastrum that is mainly found in soil and dung in tropical or subtropical regions of the world. So, so that's so, insane, right? I mean... So they were moldy? Yeah, she, she said she became ill, vomited, and sustained mental anguish. Huh. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because if that's true, I mean, I don't know, fecal matter on the, on the M&M's and it's mold. So the mold that's, that's, is mainly found in soil. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. I thought this was going to just be something that uh, was a joke. No. No. Uh, they literally tasted like crap. But I, now, now that... How does that happen? Uh, I would imagine that, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Where so would they get the dirt from? Cacao beans. Right. Maybe that could be. They grow on trees. Mm -hmm. So it, it can't have come from the soil. So that, that there's a lot of questions about that. Was yeah, the, a lot of the very crazy questions. manufacturing facility, was there contamination? I mean, I guess in theory, right, you could have somebody that stepped in a pile of crap. And, you know, it was on their, their shoes or something. True. And then they contaminated the product themselves. Yeah. You know, because there's user error. Unless in the future, Elon Musk's robot force will replace those jobs and the robots will not be stepping in poop. Yeah. Right? I, I think that... 
Um, that's a bit of a stretch, but you don't think just as an aside, did you see that robot? I, I did see the robot. There's a video of a robot who has parkour skills, but no, I don't think he's going to replace human work. There's actually, um, a bit of an interesting story and I wasn't going to get into it because it's a bit darker, but Mars is the subject of another lawsuit, or I don't know if it's a lawsuit, but issues, issues and concerns because a little while ago, they suddenly did this huge thing where they made the green M&M. You know the green M&M? Yeah. She's got long tan legs and arms and, and high heel boots. They suddenly changed her design to have just white legs and sneakers and made her, as people would say, less sexy. Which, let me tell you, that is the last word I would use to describe an M&M. Agreed. Uh, and it was a whole trending news thing. People used it as like a, a weird argument like, oh, M&Ms have gone woke, and it's because of the green M&M. But the real issue is that they did this to cover up a huge scandal about child labor. And something tells me that expensive robots are not going to replace them. I don't know the truth of it. I don't know. I haven't done the research because well, I didn't how did, talk about it. How did the removal of her high heels cover well, up? Because there was such a crazy news buzz about the green M&M. That was all people were talking about. And at the same time, people were like, hey, wait a minute, there's this whole other issue. But all anybody wanted to talk about was the green M&M. So you think that they released oh, the yeah, green? Oh, yeah, 100%. They removed her high heels yeah. to distract people. And covered up her legs. To, and then it was on uh, Fox News. They said that, you know, they they are crazy woke in the green M&M, which now, I think is crazy. Did she get her high heels back? No, she didn't. I, I think it's wait stupid a minute. because... <laughs> Don't tell me you're upset about the green M&M. So wait a minute. So now she's not sexy green M&M? She is, she is just regular green M&M. She's wearing sneakers? <laughs> How are you upset by this? Yes. I, I'm just concerned about this because... Well, they did it to cover up a, a much larger issue, and it Varicose worked. veins? What? Varicose veins? What are you talking about? In her legs? Is that what they removed? No, they, they, they removed... Is she missing a toe? No, what? They... Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. The, the high heels. Why did they stick her in sneakers? Because it was a marketing stunt. I heard that. Look, but here, asking, here she is. That does not look sexy. I, I don't. I think you are one of the people that they tricked into ignoring the child labor. I'm looking at her, and she has no high heels on, and she's got white legs. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know the full uh, deal. They were... Uh, in 2021, this article says Mars and Hershey and Nestle to face child slavery lawsuit in the U.S. Child slavery? Yeah, that's that's even worse. Eight children who claim they were used as slave labor on cocoa plantations in Ivory Coast have launched legal action against the world's biggest chocolate companies. Uh, well, I'd be interested. They accuse in the corporations that. of aiding and abetting the legal illegal enslavement of thousands of children. So that's I would hope up. that's not true because that's horrible. I would hope horrible. that's not true as well. Because then I'd suddenly feel bad about talking about M&Ms. That's horrible. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, though, like, look, anything, just just take a, a break for a second. Anything involving being unfair or cruel to anybody, mm -hmm. right? Age, color, religion, whatever, that that's unacceptable. Oh, yeah. And, and I can't stand to hear these child labor things because that's just, it's not right. It's Be kind of like insane it's like this insane. company that everybody loves oh it's fun and m&ms and you well, we're not it saying that they did it because that's just what's alleged well, true true but i mean it's 
certainly a. I just it, you know hearing things like where children are mistreated, it makes me sick to my stomach. Oh yeah, I can't course. stand of it. Of course, but um, I wonder if look. Obviously, you know why companies do that. They do it because it's cost cutting, but. Elon Musk. It's bad. <laughs> yes, it's Awful. bad, but it's cost cutting. And Elon Musk has promised that these robots are going to be under twenty thousand dollars. And if they're buying them in bulk for a company, I I'm sure that you'd get a price break on those. Each robot is twenty thousand dollars. Under twenty thousand. That means nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. I think yeah, the but, Elon Musk robot stuff is stupid. Uh, you don't go see. Up. But you know wait, what? Wait, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, all right, now we're, we're completely off topic here, all right? Elon Musk, in that specific presentation, was telling you, or telling us, how many cars and, and things are going to be available, and you can see on the actual people's faces behind him as they look at him like, what are you talking about? He has been promoting uh, all kinds of stuff which have not gone anywhere. He is himself is at the center of a lawsuit regarding the promotion of a cryptocurrency i would not trust elon musk and his magic robots at all well whether you like him or don't like him the fact is robotics have been around and they've been involved in things like the auto industry for years and now we're seeing more autonomous robot technology you know what about robot vacuums and things like that there it's the technology is only evolving and as it evolves there will be robots we've talked about it in other shows and will that decrease the um need let's say it's not even a need it's it, it's it's an illegal decision an unethical immoral decision to take advantage of people to have you know people that are are not being treated properly and, and children to work, will these robots eliminate that? That's the question, right? Yeah. I just don't know. Don't you remember in Return of the Jedi when Jabba the Hutt enslaved R2-D2 and made him serve drinks? I think that go somehow we've gone from M&M's tasting like <laughs> crap to child labor to R2-D2 labor. All right, let's get back on track. Yeah. Uh uh, I, I, the takeaway here is we don't like child slavery or child labor. We wouldn't like it if Mars was actually doing this, and I'd feel guilty about eating all those M&Ms in the past. Uh, and I do wish she put her high heels back on. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that's, see, this is what I'm talking about. So easily fooled. <laughs> deceived. All right? I have a very big story for you next. Now, this is something you might have heard about, you might not have heard about, but I specifically found out about this by watching this very fascinating YouTube video about it. McDonald's. Do you like McDonald's? I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that I do. Yeah, as do I. Do you like McDonald's ice cream? I haven't had it in years. And you want to know why you haven't had it in years? Yes. Because the ice cream machines are always broken. Here's the thing. The story starts that people were making jokes about how McDonald's ice cream machines were always broken when they go to the drive-thru. They're always, you know, never working. Uh, well, you know, I have to say, I have experienced that when I've asked for shakes. You said ice cream, and I immediately went to the Sundays, but I have tried to order shakes, including the most wonderful... Shamrock shake. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes, the shamrock shake. Well, I'm not sure if... Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if uh, it counts... 
I'm not sure if the same machine is used, but the ice cream machines are never working. People go, can I have ice cream? Oh, the ice cream machine's broken. It became a joke, an internet meme among uh, fans of McDonald's, and it was just something that's well-known. Oh, yeah, the ice cream machine's always broken. Someone even created a website called McBroken.com to test whether, yeah, to, to show you where the ice cream machines are and aren't working. And I'm on the website here, and there's tons of red dots indicating that the machines are not working. That's super funny. And so here's the thing. Once you look into it, though, you start to get to the seedy underbelly of this story. So the way it works is that, and there's a lawsuit tied to this. There's a reason that I'm, I'm preaching about this. The way it works is that they have to run a test cycle, a cleaning slash heat cycle overnight on the machine. You press a button and it does it for you. And when they come in the next day, usually there's one of two messages, either a you passed the test, the machine is ready to go, or a failure message, right? Okay. A message that shows uh, that there was some kind of failure, but the error messages uh, never explain what they're for. The error messages just say heat cycle failure. It could be because the machine was too full. It could be because it didn't reach the precise temperature. It could be because at the wrong button was pressed. It could be that the it was positioned incorrectly. Whatever it is, it doesn't tell you. Okay. And so they have to call the guy. A franchise owner said, we've only been uh, in business about a month, and five times we have had to call the guy. The guy Is it like comes, the dude from- I don't uh, think it's like the dude the Big from the Big Lebowski. No. The guy refers to a Taylor employee. Taylor is the company that provides them the ice cream machine, right? So okay. a Taylor employee has to show up and fix the ice cream machine. It happens at about five times a month, according to this one franchise guy, uh, owner. And so that's that. So so these ice cream machines don't work. They're incredibly unintuitive. They don't show any actual reasons for crashing. There's no potential solutions that they give you. Even the manual itself doesn't give you the precise instructions to fix the machine in case of a crash. So it's really just ice cream machines that are constantly breaking, and these McDonald's employees are there looking at it like, what the heck? Uh, how does this work? And it's just constantly breaking. So someone decided to solve that. Okay, good. Well, but well, actually, before we get there, it goes even further because Taylor was potentially getting bought out a couple of years ago, and they put out a a uh, revenue um, presentation, and they explained that 25% of their income is from repairs. That's, that's pretty high. So 25% of all their income is is from people that go and repair the ice cream machines that are broken. Okay. So, I mean, it's clear what's going on here. People are claiming that this is some kind of obvious, you know, th that it doesn't need to be this way, and that Taylor's ice cream machines are not actually broken, and that say, call it, making them call the guy is, is just awful to the franchise owners because, you know, oh, we send you these machines that aren't going to work, and you're going to call our guy to fix them, and that's that. And that's insane. You know, I, I think that if that is true, if that's really what's going on here, that's insane. Uh, McDonald's supposedly doesn't care because it only affects the franchise owners, not them. It's it's money out of their pockets. And so... So this is a big conspiracy? Yes. That's what's being alleged? And one person decided to solve that. All right. So, one man created a machine, uh, a... a, a a business 
called Kitch, a K-Y-T-C-H. Okay. They it were a tiny startup, and they worked to invent and sell a device designed to fix McDonald's uh, Their entire machines. company was aimed they, at fixing ice they cream They started machine? because this is such a widespread issue that this is uh, such a good idea. They built a device the size of a phone to fix the ice cream machines. And they did it. They made it. They sold it to franchise owners. They started using it. And all of a sudden. So wait a minute. So these people that created this went one too many times to the McDonald's drive-thru asking for ice cream, didn't get it, and said, that's it. We're taking matters into our own hands. Yeah. Got well, it. Yeah, because this, this, this startup made this device. The device works. Okay. The gadget, you install it. It's, it's a small size. You put it in your Taylor ice cream machine, and it connects to your Wi-Fi, and it uh, it um, it texts you and explains to you what the errors are. Uh, you can see that um, you can see when it's over uh, overfilled, when the temperature wasn't right, and you could fix it yourself. And there's guides to what buttons to press to pr- to do it yourself. It's it's very simple. Okay. So with this-, this device, you didn't have to call any of the People, any of the owners, um, or, or the or the repairman, great. It was perfect. Perfect. Right. Yes, perfect. Until McDonald's made them stop using it. They've been hamburglared. They have been hamburglared. McDonald's forced them to stop using it, saying that it is a uh, safety threat that could lead to serious human injuries. And they said a lot of things. Um. And it's bad. They forced the franchise owners to stop using it. They said that it could lead to safety injuries. It could void the warranty. They claimed it will void the warranty of your machines. And is any of this true? Like proven to be true? I don't think so. It was clearly just a, a scam kind of thing. So they said, you know, you got to stop using it. And Kitsch sued. Kitsch sued uh, saying that they uh, de- defamed their business. Right. That they dragged their name through the mud. And it's a now a $900 million lawsuit. Wow. But it goes further because, as it turns out, Kitsch has discovered through internal uh, messages, Taylor actually saw the Kitsch device as a threat to their business. They knew. They pretty much confirmed that the 25% of revenue gotten from the repairman was on purpose, that it was designed like this, and that this new dis- uh, device could completely screw it up. And... As it turns out, McDonald's and Taylor have been working together to create their own device that does the exact same thing. A new module that allows you to do pretty much the same thing. So they're suing for taking the idea. It's a whole thing, right? I mean, it's fascinating. I'm I'm on the Kitsch website, and when you go on, there's a pop-up page with two people wearing face masks, and they have part of the golden arches on them. And it says, you know, help us out, buy us a, a, a coffee or something. This is really interesting. Yeah. According to the website, one of their investors is the San Francisco 49ers, the football really? team. Yeah. So Kitsch connects to your ice cream machine and provides ro- remote control, real-time data and analytics and AI-powered Predictive maintenance. Very interesting. 24-7 remote monitoring. Proprietary insights. Very interesting. 
Now, yeah. they don't make reference on the site to the lawsuit, but that pop-up screen is, uh, is, is very interesting where they're wearing the masks. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I did see that. So, yeah, I mean, McDonald's, wow. there, were eight, there were 800 internal documents uh, and more uh, found in Discovery that show that they were very, very, very into developing an alternative to kitsch that they do themselves. And wow. so that's fascinating. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if you go to buymecoffee.com, I, I've never heard of this website, but um, kitsch, it says kitsch is saving the world from broken shake machines. Read about our, our fight, and then they've got links to it. It's really interesting. This is, wow. So it'd be interesting to see where this comes out. And, and imagine if they if McDonald's was really doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a trending story. It's not done. We don't know how it's finished yet. Um, where is Morgan Spurlock when you need him? Who? Morgan Spurlock, the guy that did the documentaries on uh, McDonald's. Oh, the, the oh my gosh, the... Um, Monopoly thing, right? No, no, no. The eating thing. The what? Oh, the the, the guy oh, that ate gosh. McDonald's for thirty super days. Supersize me. Yes, no, and then this super is not that. Morgan Spurlock has to get <sighs> on this. I don't think so. Actually, those documentaries, I, people argue, but I liked them. I thought they were entertaining. I thought they did were. You really? I did. I watched Supersize Me. That didn't prevent me from ordering the large fries, but I did find it interesting. And, you know, people argue all the time, like, yeah, if you eat anything bad for 30 days, you're going to get sick. And I agree with that. But um, I just thought it was an interesting documentary. But if we could get Morgan on this, that would be amazing. I don't know about that. This is very I'm sure I agree with you there. Very interesting, though, to see. And, and let's just play devil's advocate. Assume that maybe this is true. Assumption, right? And, and we're not making judgments, but yeah. just assume then would that mean that there are other businesses engaged in this same type of um, competition, if you will, or unfair competition? And and are they doing it too? So this is this opens the floodgates. Morgan Spurlock, we need you. Yeah. Oh, you agree? Uh, no, I don't agree. <laughs> no. I do not agree. Have you ever had a cookie from a place called crumble cookie no but i've heard about it i've driven past it and somebody in my family keeps telling me that i should get one yeah yes my youngest son keeps telling me that i need to have a crumble cookie i've had them oh you have and they're pretty good are do they crumble no they're just cookies are they they're, soft they're, uh, yeah they're softer they're like i'm not gonna say gourmet because that's a, that's giving it too much credit but they're specialty cookies like a s'mores cookie that's got you know, graham crackers and, 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 and marshmallow and chocolate all over it. And, you know, sprinkles and, and all kinds of stuff. The okay. pancake cookie with lines of syrup. Well, Crumble Cookie has started something called the Utah Cookie War. As <laughs> Crumble Cookie has sued two other businesses, uh, their smaller cookie companies, for trademark infringement. They're seeking injunctions and monetary relief from both Dirty Dough and Crave Cookies, alleging in-court documents that the products from each company were confusingly similar to Crumble's established and successful trade dress and brand identity. Dirty dough. Dirty dough. I don't know that. Well, Would you eat from dirty dough? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Okay. So the, um, it, it's interesting because a family member of the founder of Dirty Dough was once a Crumble Cookie employee who left in 2019. 
the Crave Cookies founder was denied a chance to be a Crumble Cookies franchisee in 2019. So now we've got these connections to Crumble Cookies. Dirty Dough has said, apparently, this billion-dollar company, Crumble, is threatened by a startup with only a couple of locations to make a federal case out of rainbow sprinkles and rectangular boxes. Because those were some of the things that uh, Crumble Cookies cited in terms of how they ripped them off. Rectangular boxes and rainbow sprinkles. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, Dirty Dough then started using this as advertisement. There are advertisements that say, let your taste buds be the judge. Cookies so good we're being sued. Can't hurt our fillings. Our cookies don't crumble with competition. Uh, we don't file lawsuits. We just have better cookies. Oh, that's Hashtag pretty funny. Utah cookie war. So, yeah, um, it's interesting. They have they have fired back at them. Crumble Cookie has three hundred thirty locations worldwide. So, I don't think that they're super threatened by these small businesses, you know, that are just trying to do their own thing. Uh, Dirty Dough uh, seems to they they say that <laughs> I I mean it's interesting they're they're using this as an advertising push you I know? like that I like, think that's that's pretty yeah. clever yeah I, it's crazy I and they were I, on they were on billboards I just want to see and I'll have to pull the the case I would like to see specifically is there more to what they're alleging as far as infringement because. I mean, clearly, sprinkles are not right. trademarkable. I mean, none of that information nor... is here. But Yeah, we could yeah. pull the case and then do an update on this because that's, it's interesting to see what's going on here. A lot of times, I think companies that, that are angry with competition, especially something like this where they were a former employee, um, sometimes they file these lawsuits with the intention, and I'm not saying Crumble is doing this, but with the intention of essentially causing the other company to run out of money. So even mm -hmm. though they know they're not going to win, they're going to try to hurt them financially as much as they can. So again, I don't know that that's going on here, but that is a tactic that um, you know we see often. So interesting. Now it makes me want to try all of these cookies. Yeah, I crumble. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should do a crumble cookies, dirty dough taste off. We will do a pop culture court. Yeah, where I will be the judge. Of which yeah. cookie is better? Really? There's actually a cookie place by me uh, called Cookie Connect. And they are very good. But they're so sickening. And I imagine that all these other cookies are the exact same. You know, Where uh, they're great, but then you eat too much and you're like, oh my god. Well, uh, since we're on cookies. Yeah. There's um, Gideon's Cookies yes, in, Disney in Disney Springs. Springs. Oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? They're too salty. Yes. Completely. I got the chocolate chip cookie. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's have this. And I was like expecting a chocolate chip cookie. It was so salty. Like the salt was overpowering. Yeah. I just didn't. I just, I, it just wasn't for me. You know, I, I, people rave about it. If you go on YouTube and you see these Disney people going to, to Gideon's, the place is cool. Like it, it from a, interior design perspective it's super cool you know mm -hmm. goth maybe or i don't know what you'd call it it's not steampunk but it's what would you call it um gothic yeah it's it's, it's yeah kind of but the the cookies are just way too salty so i don't get it but i will try crumble and i will try dirty dough i'm interested now 
Yeah. I too am very interested. Well, I want I want I want to see who would win the Utah Cookie Wars if it was just about flavor. I think we have to do a pop culture court. I think so too. We should do a pop culture court video on that. Yeah. That's that's it. So <laughs> tune in because we are going to do this. I'm very interested in this. I might even have Brendan dress up in a judge's. Oh yeah. Gown. Yeah, you think that would be a good idea? Order in the court. It's time. And then we bring out the cookies. So yeah. I'm excited. All right. Well, this was interesting. And I'm really curious about the uh, Kitsch McDonald's ice cream machine lawsuit. We're yeah, gonna have to I feel like that's that an episode on itself. Yeah, you know? I, I, I want to look into that. So we're going we're gonna to get back on that, follow up on that. But that's going to do it for today. I want to thank everybody for joining us. And uh, as promised, as October moves along. Next week, we'll be doing an non-Halloween video. No, no. not true. We are going to be doing Halloween very soon, so make sure you tune in. Uh, we actually have some very interesting Halloween episodes coming up. Should I give a little, a little teaser? No. Okay, I'm not. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not allowed. <laughs> you get, gotta let them. We gotta make them wait. All right. Build the suspense. All right. So there, there you go. There you have it. You want to be mad at somebody? Be mad at Brendan, not me. That's going to do it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.